Welcome to the WILD podcast. Inspire people, support others' growth, and create a meaningful life. That's the mission of this podcast, and I welcome you to the community. Since you are listening to this right now, I suspect you are a curious soul who loves expanding your own horizon, learning about other people's authentic life choices, and getting inspiration to put into action what you are passionate about. In this episode, I'll speak about a topic that is very special to me. It concerns the most underrated superpower a parent, a teacher, a friend, a superior, a fellow human being can apply. It took me a couple of years to learn this lesson myself, although I benefited from it firsthand from my early childhood days on. It is a tool that is so ridiculously cheap to manufacture that people, like the customers I work for as a consultant, do not believe it is legit and worth spending time or money on. Yet, it is available to us all of the time. You have no idea what I'm talking about? Buckle up and discover your hidden superpower together with me. But first, we need to talk about the 99%. The 99% of us are unseen and undervalued. Only 1% of us are rich in visibility. They get all the fame, the glory and the hate. No, I'm not talking about the ownership structure of our society, not about the 1% who own more than half of the world's wealth, as a Credit Suisse study reported in 2017. But in fact, what I want to address in this episode follows the same in a logic. 1% of us, note, these are not exact empirical numbers, rather metaphorical ones that serve making a point. So, 1% of us owns the majority of our value to the world. What is that supposed to mean? What is the value of us? Well, the word value is related to evaluating, which means to determine the significance, worth or condition of something, usually by careful appraisal and study. This definition was taken from Miriam Webster. So when I speak about the value of us to the world, that means that the world determines our significance, worth or condition. Yet I would argue that the world does not apply careful appraisal and study to reach to its conclusions at all times. And that is because the world is... And let's refine that by saying other people or society in general are flooded by a plethora of bits and bytes competing for conscious attention in any second of their lives. Only a fraction of the information that's available to us comes to our conscious attention. This applies to bodily sensations, signs in our environment, our own cognitive happenings, as well as our perception of other people. So other people are evaluating, and one could also say judging, us, just as we are evaluating or judging them, constantly. And they are, just like we are, not using 100% of the information that is available. Instead, a small amount of information is used and hence becomes very influential with regards to the consequential judgment. On the level of society, this has many major side effects like stereotypes, racism, sexism, all other isms, conflicts between groups and 
eventually even wars. On the level of individuals, this leads to vast areas of our beings going unnoticed and unappreciated. I'd argue most of us go about our days nailing personal hygiene, keeping our bodies running on a more or less useful nutrition, using means of transport and managing to turn out at the right destination at about the intended point in time. Finding the right words to say when bumping into neighbors, customers or tax consultants, raising a smile at the cash desk, showing manners and politeness in most social situations, and getting the work done in time and quality. In other words, most of us are quite successful at hundreds or even thousands of little acts throughout our days. And yes, we do have a choice there. We could just as well decide to turn up at the dentist with last night's bad breath, punch away through a dispute or keep our politeness to ourselves. Simple thing. So I'd say we deserve a pretty high score on the value to the world scale, don't we? I mean, how much would someone pay for us to decide not to trash their car or get on the nerves at the party with a three-hour monologue on our hamster-keeping skills? Yet very seldom does someone acknowledge or give thanks to us for having made one of these decisions in their favor. More likely though, we get instantaneous feedback if we do not behave in the way someone expects us to. When making a mistake, failing to do something we were asked to, using the wrong words or not being quick enough. Seems unfair, right? But have a look at how you determine the value of the world around you. How many times a day does anger ignite within you? How many times a day do you complain about something? About the driver in front of you who hesitated just a little too long when turning so that you were forced to stop when the traffic lights turned red. About the colleague who emphatically affirmed he understood your instructions only to turn up hours later with results of his work that showed he actually had not quite gotten it. About your child who did not tidy up her room, your partner who did not take out the trash, your dog who did not withstand his desire to chew on your new pair of shoes. I think you understand what I'm getting at. We have a tendency towards reliably detecting all the things we don't like about other people, our days or even destiny itself. It is rather unlikely that we miss noticing what's allegedly negative in our lives. Let's now reverse our point of view and look at our ability to see the positive. If you were to write down each night before bed what good things happened to you throughout your day, how many items do you think would come to your mind? It is worth a test for a week. You would be in good company if it went something like this. Well, I generally think there are many things in life I can be grateful for, such as I've got a roof over my head, well, if only the neighbors would be a bit quieter after 10 pm, um, and um, I've Got enough to eat, a secure job. Well, but my boss can be quite rude sometimes. Oh, and I hate how I keep missing my gym class every other week because of overtime. Blah, blah, blah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not judging you for noticing what does not work for you or what could be improved. I am simply trying to make you see how you and I and almost everyone have a tendency towards consciously taking note of things 
you evaluate as being negative compared to things you evaluate as being positive. This has to do with our neurobiological equipment used to avoid pain and discomfort, even more so than striving after pleasure and rewards. But this disbalance comes at a price. We spend much energy on anger, resentment, doubt, envy, fear, frustration, and other consequences of seeing what's not right, not right yet, not right anymore. They say you cannot feel appreciation and fear at the same time. Immerse in the feeling of gratitude and you will be free of stress and worry. Life offers us a never-ending stream of material to be grateful for. Yet, we train our brains to block out these pieces of information and focus on the negative instead and take all the positive aspects for granted. After all, why should we feel grateful for the smile the passerby flashed at us for no reason? Being given way in a conflicting traffic situation? The meticulous work of the tradesman working on a home? The highly polite flight attendant? Shouldn't that be natural anyway? It's just people doing their jobs who I pay appropriately. It's just people being civilized after I make an effort and show reasonable manners myself, right? Well, coming back to the issue of choice. No, it is not natural or for granted to experience these things. Everyone has access to the choice to be unreliable, careless and impolite at any given moment. Yet still, there are many people out there who go the extra mile, which costs them more energy and time for no reason at all, other than thinking that this is what you and I deserve. The sad thing is, that most of them will never know they made our day, inspired similar kindness in us, saved us from negative consequences, and will be in our memories long after the respective moment passed. They might eventually become tired of going the extra mile and making the effort, because who cares anyway? They might well be on their way to excellence, excellence in sales, in customer support, in accounting, in any given area. And then stop short, drop the very behaviors that define their exceptionality and start going in another direction. Because no one ever told them to keep doing what they were doing since it was a gift to others. It is not by chance that I speak about this topic. As I said in the beginning, I was taught this lesson when I was very little, yet it took me years to appreciate its meaning. My father used to tell me that people were good at criticizing others, but not at showing them respect or giving words of thanks. He made it a point to affirm every little success I had as a child or teenager, even if I myself thought it was a ridiculous thing to be proud of. He tried to make me aware of the impact on a person's self-worth criticism and the lack of appreciation could have. Being a man who is always there to help, very humble, extremely hardworking, and who does not demand much for himself or make his accomplishments seen, he knows what he's talking about. Growing older and reflecting on my own way of looking at the world and other people, I got his message finally. I certainly plead guilty for judging, being demanding, being impatient with others. Still, every day. It is a habit extremely hard to wipe out. However, I've trained my appreciation muscles to compensate for my criticism emissions 
I am very aware of the value of strangers shouting after me, holding out the glove I just dropped carelessly. Note, I would have to spend 20 times the money I spent on gloves, hats and scarves each winter if it wasn't for the countless people calling my attention to the impending loss. I am very aware of the value the split second of eye contact at the supermarket checkout has as compared to the numerous times the cashier would not even bother to look at me. I am very aware of the value of the teacher, superior or financial advisor taking the time and answer my naive questions without showing a trace of patronizing amusement. Being aware of these things is a first step, but it doesn't go a long way without adequate feedback. Remember, your neighbor will never know she is your all-time favorite and you secretly wish she will never move out from the apartment above yours. If you don't tell her you love how she exchanged that creaking wooden floor with a carpet that muffles the sound of her every step. Knowing that, I try my best to surprise people by praising their small and big acts. Again, I probably miss out on that chance hundreds of times each day, either because I am ignorant, lazy, or because I fear appearing awkward. But often enough, I tell people I generally appreciate the choices they make when interacting with me. When I see that someone is good at something which could easily be taken for granted, I love showing them I notice and I care, especially when I realize they themselves take it for granted. It feels awesome to see a surprised smile reward my words or deeds of acknowledgement. Another great game I discovered is the loving sandwich feedback prank. You know, the feedback technique which is comprised of cushioning some negative feedback between two soft layers of positive aspects. I say loving prank because it is well intended and free of harm while setting the recipient on the wrong track to start with. When I start a feedback statement with exuberant positivity, I can sense their annoyance as they cringe internally and get ready for the criticism lash out that I know will never come. When they realize that the only thing being snuck into the positivity bun is a juicy appreciation patty, it is a wonderful reaction to witness. Appreciation can take many forms and comes at little to no cost at all. Yet far too often, this powerful tool is not used and the ones who are wasting the opportunity are not even aware of their losses as a consequence. I'd like to share with you another story. Through my work as a consultant, I have seen a number of organizations or organizational units. Oftentimes, management would contract the company I work for because they needed help with workers making mistakes. Mistakes that pose risks to safety and product quality and hence are costly for the company. My job would be to analyze possible causes of human error and help introduce measures to prevent them. I would start visiting the work environment, trying to understand people's tasks, observing the atmosphere and talking to people, asking many questions such as, what's your job like? Under which conditions are you best at your job? When is your job most fun? What does it mean to you to work here? What resources would help you to make an even better job? While exploring people's motivation, satisfaction and other emotions around their work is certainly not the only key to understanding human error, it is a great place to start. 
There are many interesting stories I could tell you about the insights I gained in such conversations. Yet, there is one specific aspect I would like to highlight in the context of today's topic. And that is, you guessed it, appreciation. More often than not, I would walk away from conversations with employees who feel unseen and unheard. They would report that their superiors rarely visit them on the shop floor, do not know their names, their birthdays, their personal circumstances. That if a superior approaches them, it is likely because there is something he or she needs to know or complain about. That they have reported many times which resources would help them do a better job, but had never heard back from management. That they wished that top management would come by at least once in a while to really listen to what they have to say, look them in the eye and shake their hand. That's obviously pre-corona, but corona should not be an excuse here. Bringing up the topic of appreciation to managers, in my experience, is not very fruitful. It seems too soft, too woo-woo, too unimportant a topic to be considered a promising key for change. And this thinking comes with a high price. Workers stop sharing important information as they believe it will not be considered by management anyhow. They lose motivation, revert to work to rule, show implicit signs of reactance, become frustrated, become sick, finally look out for another job or stay and infect co-workers with a negativity and cynicism. The stakes are high and yet many people are blind to the power they possess to make big changes with small acts of appreciation. Here are 10 suggestions how you can tap into this powerful resource in your everyday life, whether you are in the role of a friend, a parent, sibling, partner, customer, service provider, neighbor, employer, etc. 1. Look people in the eye when you speak to them, and especially when you listen to them. People who are disrespectful tend to look at others when they are the ones speaking and demanding attention, while directing their own visual or even mental attention elsewhere when the other person speaks. 2. Say thanks, no matter how small the thing is that someone has done for you. Nothing is for granted. Remember, there is always a choice to treat you in a way you would not like. 3. Say hello when you enter a room, preferably to every person individually. Acknowledge their presence. 4. Smile at people as often as you can. It comes at no cost. It's like the superfood among the appreciation plants and might even make you look more attractive naturally. Why waste this opportunity? 5. Tell people when you notice something positive about them. They might not think it showed. They might not even be aware of their merit themselves. 6. When you say you will do something, do it without having to be reminded. If things change and you cannot keep your commitment, proactively tell the people concerned about the altered circumstances. 7. Proactively give people feedback about the status of a request they approached you with. Have you done something about it? Are you waiting for someone else's response? People care to know, 
Provide clarity so you care. 8. If you want to approach people from time to time with something you need them to do for you, make sure you approach them at least three times as often without wanting anything from them and, on the contrary, offering your presence and support. By the way, this one goes out especially to all superiors out there. 9. Say sorry when you made a mistake, did not make good on a promise or did not live up to your kindness standards. This one is hard for a lot of us. It is not quite comfort zone to feel guilty about something and then perpetuate this feeling by speaking about it to others. And 10. Take people seriously. You might not share their opinion. You might think you know it better. You might be in a superior position structurally, but you can never have more worth as a human being than any other human being or any other being in general. Whatever someone else brings, even if it seems ridiculous to you, it is very real for them. No matter if it is in regards to people with abilities different from yours, skin colors, cultures and native languages different from yours, gender identities and gender expressions different from yours, life and love styles different from yours, and all other aspects I plead guilty for forgetting to list here. If you cannot see their struggle, it is most likely not because the struggles do not exist. It is most likely because you are so privileged not to experience the struggles yourself. So you might ask, am I succeeding at following these suggestions myself? Far from it. I am with you on this. I am far from perfect, but I am trying. I am making good and bad behavioral choices in relation to others each day. And I see the difference it makes when I choose wisely. I see the difference it makes to me when the people around me choose wisely. I appreciate them for it. Appreciating the unappreciated is one key driver for producing this podcast. Wild intends to provide space to individuals who are ordinary people next door, yet talented and beautiful in their own way, making authentic decisions for their lives and inspiring us with their perspectives, words and deeds. The same way Wild cares to give space to topics that might not be breakthrough science, rather philosophical impulses that many other people have written and spoken about, and yet have the potential to make a change, ripple by ripple by ripple. So take a moment to see what impulse you can take away from listening to this episode. Apply it and share it. Thank you for being the curious and reflective soul that you are. Enjoy the remainder of your day and live wildly. Speak to you next time.